Hi and welcome back. We are here in episode six. Can't believe it's uh, six episodes in already, but time time flies fast. We uh, we hope you've been enjoying the podcast so far. We've uh, we've been having a great time here putting them together. Hope you're enjoying listening out there. If you are enjoying, then uh, you know we always ask if you if you could share. Uh, your thoughts with, with other people in particular. Um, share them on social media, share them through your WhatsApp groups. Um, we have a, a Instagram uh, page set up as well now, the Thinking Room podcast, so you can go and check out everything that we've got going on there for our latest updates on when the podcast is coming out and for our next topics and uh, things like that. And we would love it if you would just comment on those and share share with your friends and um, and reviews on iTunes as well. Great Great to have you guys um, giving us your thoughts and uh, putting the word out there. It really helps us to to get the conversation going. And that is really what the Thinking Room is all about. Basically, just four guys sitting around a table talking about the things that matter to us most as men. Um, but not just ordinary men. We are Christian men and uh, we're, uh, we're attacking those subjects. Basically, just like we're, we're sitting down in a pub drinking a pint. But uh, we're not drinking pints this week, we're drinking water. And my my guests are the ever-present Dan. Good to have you back. Good to be here. And Glenn. Evening. Has also been a staple of our podcast. And our, uh, our token foreign accent comes from Simon again this week. Hello, Joel. Well, Good to have you back. Thank you. What an intro. So we're, we're literally, we're literally uh, the four Peckhamites this week because, Simon, you've just recently moved to Peckham. That's right. We're all Peckham residents, so uh, this is this is one hundred percent the Peckham episode this week. So we are we are bringing all our thoughts from the cusp of thought coming out of. That's why Simon Peckham, brought a moustache today. That's mm. uh, yeah, that's probably one of the reasons why. The hipsters from Peckham. Is that the reason why you bought uh, a bum bag as well, Dan? It, well, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's that, that's more utilitarian. It I didn't think, take me long uh, to get that one in, did it? I told you, it's got legs in that joke. Dan has brought some uh, some good props today. He's brought a book. As ever, Dan's always travelling with a book, but uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk about the the bum what the bum bag? What's it called? <laughs> what is it called again? Is it called the bum bag? Yeah, it's been so long. It's been so long. I can't 98, remember. Well, yeah. Nineteen eighty nine. You don't you don't quite wear them on your bum though, do you? You can't like wear them on your hip. It's t- yeah. t- to look hip. Not in Peckham, though. They wear them over over your shoulder. Over the chest. Wear them over, over, the sh- over the chest. Oh gosh, it doesn't get any better. Anyway, we're uh, let's get on to more serious things. We actually got quite a, uh, a serious, but in a way, a little bit of a softer topic that we're going to be talking about this month. We're going to be talking about the whole subject of spiritual growth and devotion. They are two very, I'd say, very type of Christianese type of words. Um, we hear them a lot around church. We hear them a lot in Christian circles. But I want us to get get to the bottom of what we actually feel, what they actually mean in our everyday lives. Um, today and um, you know break down maybe if we can if we've got time you know everything around devotion and how we actually fit devotion into our into our daily lives but um, you know I guess I guess if we start at the top um, you know this this whole idea of spiritual growth I guess is quite a strong idea today in in church and like I said in, in Christian circles um, but not necessarily not necessarily everywhere not not necessarily every christian that you would speak to 
would would talk a lot about spiritual growth and how they're growing themselves spiritually. I guess maybe if you think, if I think more about it, it it's probably more of an evangelical type of of idea. Um, I guess there are some churches that you go to where maybe the idea of just having a good, solid faith and being um, steadfast in that faith is 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 basically what they're all about. And uh, I certainly, I think. If I think of my own experience, I do know some Christian men who have a faith and they have, um, you know, they they believe that they have the basics of that faith. Uh, they believe in Jesus. They believe in Christ. They believe in the resurrection. They believe that they are Christians. They believe that they are saved. And sometimes for some Christians, that is enough. And if I'm honest, I, I'd probably say that there's been times in my life where I feel like it is enough for me at this moment in time. Um, but really we're always being pushed, especially when we go to churches and conferences and stuff like that. Uh, you know, when we get into Christian media, we're always being pushed to grow, to grow spiritually. Um, you know, just, just as a basic question, how, how do you guys feel about that whole idea of growing spiritually? And, you know, let's maybe ask the question, why is a basic faith and understanding of Christ not enough? Or do you think it is enough? But I think there's like you kind of hit on it at the beginning. I think there's a lot of confusion in the in in the Western Church at least. I know um, me and Simon have been chatting the week, but I do think there's a lot of confusion. I think that's part of why. Define you, you, confusion. What what do you mean? What what what, can, what do you think it stands out as being particularly confusing? I think I think everyone likes the idea of spiritual growth and sees the positive reason for doing it. So it's almost like it's an add-on. But if you look at like the main emphasis of sort of modern evangelicalism in the church, you see a real emphasis on faith and a kind of positional understanding. Mm-hmm. So if you can get the right thinking of things, like understand what Jesus did on your behalf and that kind of stuff, then it there's a lot of emphasis on that, which is great, but that can almost be like, well, then why else would you why else would you need to then go and do extra stuff? Mm. And I think there's been a huge maybe like the baby thrown out with the bathwater of you know, reaction against too much works. So spiritual growth can be seen as doing stuff to earn, you know, from God when we don't need to earn our salvation because Jesus, mm. you know, has adopted us as sons and we're all included as children. So I think there's been a sort of a huge backlash that people kind of get a bit nervous about doing stuff because of earning. But then they kind of, well, there's a confusion of, well, well actually, we'll, we know that we should read our Bibles and we should pray. Yeah. And there's this confusion of, well, where does that balance between earning and doing and, you know what I mean? That's, so that's why I think there's confusion. There's a, there's, I mean? a, there's a tension there yeah. to a certain extent. Glenn, do you, think there's a, do you think there's a difference between growing in faith and growing spiritually? Gosh. Um, maybe. I think, it, well, I mean, obviously it would depend how you define those, those terms. Um, well, when I, well, for instance, when I think of growing in faith, I think of the whole idea of when a test comes, how does my faith stand up? So I could grow in faith quite significantly by losing a loved one and still holding firm to the idea that God is good and that could grow my faith immensely. But that wouldn't necessarily entail for me any any spiritual growth or, you know, I wouldn't necessarily have to grow spiritually in that sense. I I could just grow in my understanding of the idea that God is good without doing much else. And I could say that I'm I'm growing in faith. I I I tend to feel like growing spiritually 
I, I think that we're presented the idea of growing spiritually as Christian men as being something a little bit more different. You talked about the idea of like you have to work for a little, a little bit more. I feel like there's a, there's a difference between the two. What, what do you think, Simon? I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit confused, to be honest. <laughs> um, um, I sort of see them as the same. Um, being spiritual and having faith, I, I, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds like a semantical argument would yeah. be my response because I think in your example, losing a loved one, um, you, you could grow in faith, but I think that that happens through spiritual pursuit. Okay, let me, let me be a little bit more so, clear about so square it. The circle. So you, you, you can have faith that God is good in all times and you can grow in faith, but growing spiritually, doesn't that imply the ability to use spiritual gifts, for instance? So growing spiritually, the, the spiritual gifts... Oh, or the gifts of the spirit. So being able to move in healing, prophecy, um, words of knowledge. Um, faith is actually called a spiritual gift as well. But, you know, there's, there's that more outworking of the supernatural to a certain extent and that ability to move in the supernatural. Compared with what? Compared with just having a, a solid faith where you, where you can, where you can pretty much think, stand still. You're pretty much standing still. I don't think still. you can separate it. I think it's... They go together. They go hand in hand, I would say. Is it the difference, though, between salvation and something after salvation? Something, the, the, the point of being saved mm. and then the what next? Is, is, is that where the, the, the kind of difference in faith is? No. I, I guess I'm trying to think of, and, I, and, and like I said, I feel like I've been there in my life at certain points and I, I can certainly, I certainly identify a few people in my world who I, who I would say are not particularly too concerned with growing spiritually. They're, 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 they're quite concerned about their faith and they're happy to have a faith in Christ. But growing spiritually, so, you know, so in a place where they feel like they're getting revelation from God regularly, they're, they're learning new things. They're having a, a greater understanding of the think, way God moves in the spirit. I don't think they can be spirit. separated, though. I don't... Mm. You're, you're Do saying you not think two that's camps? just I because it's, it that's our experience, though? Isn't that just that there are maybe our experience of how we've been I think that's part of how, how, we, how our worldview is of church, modern church. So it's almost like you've got this, got those people that do gifts and you've got those people that believe well, but mm. they don't really do anything. Yeah. Because there are there are many, <laughs> yeah. I mean, self-serving without, believers. <laughs> without naming names, there are many types of Christians out there, and there are many different denominations. And I think there are certain denominations that lend themselves definitely more towards the spiritual growth, and there are other denominations that lend themselves out there to more the quiet, simple faith of I believe in Christ, and that's about as far as it goes. Um, my my main spiritual meal is the one I pick up on a Sunday for 45 minutes and and that is the way I live my life and but I think we've got to be careful we don't assume that spiritual growth is just acting out in the gifts of the spirit like yeah. I'd be more like spiritual growth is acting out in the fruits of the spirit mm. I'd rather see it that way because I think even like you know what did it say you know like, you, you, you cast out demons but I never knew you and I think but there are those that like where, where love stands higher than anything is the the peak of the mountain to attain mm. of spiritual growth. So I'd say growth is to be one with Christ, to be like Christ, and that is the, the, what love looks like, like agape love. Um, when, you, when you encounter a Christian that just leaks love and selflessness, 
Um, that for me is someone who's like, re- you know, a really mature mm. Christian. So do you think it's important for us to keep reaching for that, to keep growing in that kind of way so that we're, we're, we're always... Well, that's how you get saved, isn't it? Just to put that out there. I'm or just trying to, I'm just trying to process that. Um, I think well, it, being, it, being saved it, it, is I a very... Going back, I think the part of the confusion sometimes is that this idea of like salvation is just a positional, get all, get all, get all of your thinking right, yeah, but never do anything to love anyone or yes, mm. okay, and that's where a lot of the church is built upon. Get get your thinking right about how we are, yeah, rather than understanding that really, another. And I'm not I'm not trying to say which camp is right or wrong. I'm just saying another camp is that salvation is um, basically in an individual becoming free from self idolatry. Mm. And that is the, the the great news that Jesus kind of announced when he kind of turned up and said, "There is a whole new way that you can be free from worshiping yourself." Yeah. And when you when you when you when you learn to kind of come out of you know loving yourself more than anyone, yeah, then you start to become walk into a wide open space of freedom. And that looks like love. It looks like a, a, a person that is okay. So I feel like I feel like we've had pretty a very convoluted start here. But let me let me try and put it another way. Have you ever experienced um, a time in your life where you're like, okay, I have my faith, I believe in Jesus, I know where I'm going. I don't have the energy at this point in time to do anything more than that. And, you know, your friends are always talking about how much they're praying and how they're interceding in the spirit and they're, they're you know, they're, they're going to a salvo or they're going to have someone prophesy over them or they're going to a, to a worship night or, mm. you know, they're starting a new devotion or they're starting a new book. And you're just like, okay, why can't I just believe in Jesus and that be enough? Uh, well, have I you ever been in that place yeah, in your I would life? Yeah, I would say yes, but... But um, when you say that, I think of um, when I was quite a lot younger and um, I just didn't, I wasn't doing anything with my faith and I wasn't developing my faith mm. um, and, and just kind of sat in that place in my teenage years, um, probably through, well, through a number of things, I suppose. I mean, like what Dan's talking about, but through a lack of mm. knowledge of understanding that... Um, and, and real proper teaching, I suppose, that I was receiving as a teenager, that um, it, it, Jesus grew um, on his walk in wisdom, and therefore, so should I. And there were greater things for me to progress and grow yes. yeah. into, yeah. Um, and not to, to stay the same, essentially. So, But I think having um, moving from teenagers to early 20s and going through that process of realisation of, um, yeah, I can probably be better than this, um, th- then I, I think I've left that behind, and and I'm, you know, perhaps the the pursuit is sometimes active and sometimes less active, but there's a, a knowledge, um, whether that's head or heart or both, that um, I must, you know, continue on the journey to become more like Christ. Yeah, um, and it's more than that, isn't it? Because it's a, it's a, it's a. We we use the word conviction, don't we? But it's something compelling. Um, to know that, that, but that that thing that you said, though, I just don't think you can afford to take that position, whatever the circumstance, because you, you you're it's impossible to live live out 
loving your neighbor, you just can't do it. Like to have faith in Christ doesn't mean anything if you're not being able to like draw on that. Mm. So even in whatever situation, even if there's a tough situation, like you have to get to a point of freedom where you can just draw on Christ as as a as a reality. Yeah. So I did not it. Just a, I did not it out just... of immaturity to a point where I reached a difficult juncture moment in my life where I didn't know what to do, and then I had to fall back onto Christ essentially. Um, mm. It's it's sort of like just picking hairs a little bit, isn't it? That's kind of what we're sort of doing right now. But I get I get what you're saying. I probably entered this faith journey when I was a teenager. And, you know, this, this idea of growth, um, I think has been a part of my life since then. You know, I've made mistakes when it comes to faith. I've made mistakes when it comes to following Jesus. I've failed. But through the, the ups and downs, I have learned, I have grown, I have become a better person, I've become a more mature person, a deeper person because of all of that. Um, and I think the difference that we're trying to make here when it comes to just maybe general growth, spiritual growth and, and devotion, um, like going to Salvos, reading your Bible, all that stuff is, is really a pursuit. It's a pursuit of God. And is, is that something that you know, we want to do or is it something that we don't want to do? Is it something we just want to, do we want to have a stagnant faith? Do we want to have a faith mm. that, you know, that we're actively pursuing God with or? I think, when, know, and I think when you, when you realize or you start to learn, when you stop actively pursuing God, then other things in your life start to fall down, right? Yes. And, yeah. And I think that's. I think our biggest enemy is, is one of the big, we've talked about this word many times throughout all of our podcasts. It's one of the, one of the biggest things we have to battle against through through most of manhood is this temptation to just be passive and to just sit back and relax and to just want to be comfortable because everything that we yeah. that you've talked about you know this this pursuit a pursuit has to be an action mm. and you know Dan you talked about like working towards spiritual growth that's an action and that, mm. that needs to be a conscious action and you need to be intentional about it yeah. but if if we're honest sometimes that can be scary mm. doing that stuff is scary because it involves surrender, sacrifice, and change. And those are all things that I find can so easily go against the basic male instinct. Mm. We don't like to surrender to anything. Yeah. So, you know, if we want to grow in God, we have to surrender the time. Yeah. We have to sacrifice the time. We might have to change things about our lives, yeah. you know, to make sure that things drop off so that we're starting to look more like him. And that is... That's that's one of the hardest journeys that we go through. That's why Jesus said that the you know the door is narrow and the yeah. and the and it's difficult. You know, yeah. it's well, not. And, and I think that's where we're getting at when it comes to the confusion in the church because uh, there has been a grace message that has been yeah been been preached in the church yeah and a message which kind of says let go and let God and yeah. it's this idea that God will take care of it all yes which is true. There is an absolute truth in that, but there is a tension that we need to hold in some ways and go, okay, in order for God to take control of what's going on inside of me, like the stuff that's not good and bring out the, the, the good things in my life, I need to actively engage with God. Mm. And I think there's a message that is sort of being lost there and there's a passage a passiveness yeah. within the church because of this grace message, which is true, 
but there's another side of it that we're sort of missing, a truth that we're missing. And that's what we're talking about. There's, there's some confusion in the church. Like the ch- I think the church is very passive. It's and a fear I, of works, isn't it? I think we're, it's producing passive Christians. So if we bring and it, so, if we bring it back to us as guys, then why is it why is it so dangerous for us to be passive or to fall into this passive state of mind when it comes mm. to spiritual growth? I mean, I, I, I was thinking about it this morning. That well, the other day that if you think of like a sponge when it's kind of out of water, mm. it's 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 hard, rigid, and scratchy, and it's like I think our lives. If you're passive, like a sponge out of water, it just passively ends up in that position. It's not what it's created for. It's of no use for anything. Yeah. And you put that sponge in water and it just, it's, you can be, it's completely transforms and it, it leaks water and it can be utilized for what it was created for. And I think if we're not, if guys, if we are not active and it's difficult as well in that, then we are no use to ourselves, anyone around us. Yeah. It doesn't matter what we believe or what we even believe about Christ and the church and everything. There's no, there's no water that comes out of us. There's no grace yeah. that's active in our lives, and you can't, you can't live in. You will not, you will not make the right decisions. You will not express Christ. Mm. It's impossible, and that's why grace is like the pheno- you know, phenomenal thing. Because as soon as you're active, like indirectly, you get. You, there's a supernatural transformation. Yeah. That people see and it's not you it's it's working through you but isn't it just so easy in life to to not be concerned with that you know you especially when you be have a have a family you're so concerned with your family and that's your number one priority or you're so concerned with your job and your career and that's your number one priority and this whole idea of expressing christ kind of like takes a back seat you're just trying to keep your own things together let alone grow into this identity of Walking the earth the same way Christ did that feels like such a such a lofty or even heavy burden lofty idea or heavy burden for us to take on at times, but still yeah. still really it's a crucial one that we have to take on yeah and it's difficult because, isn't it to know the answer to that because when if, if you're under if you're sick you're under an immense pressured workplace mm. you're you've got you're in, you're locked into a different difficult relationship these things they're not they don't go away overnight yeah and how how do you have a nice, peaceful, quiet time in the midst of that. You know, it's very difficult. Yeah. And if you're busy and you haven't got the time, you're not getting enough sleep, it's very difficult. Yeah. So I, I don't, I've always wrestled with that. I don't always really know the answer. And I think, we, I think you know, to a certain extent as well, it, it feels like we're suffering um, from an epidemic of men just being generally passive when it comes to Christianity. You know, it's, it's, it, it's almost hard to find like-minded men who are who have a zeal for God and have a zeal for Christianity. We still we still when we look at churches, we still see the numbers way down when it comes to men walking out in the prime of their life in church, walking out their relationship with God. Um when it compared to women, it, it still it still feels like women are, you know, we talked about leading the head, being the head of the household and leading the household um, you know, in a godly way. And it still feels like a lot of women are leading the household spiritually. They're the ones who are making sure that were the families at church on Sunday rather than the man. And that's because, you know, some men, we get to a point in our life where we, where we, we stop growing spiritually. Although we call ourselves Christians, we say, yes, we're, you know, we're, we're saved, we have a faith, but the ability to keep growing, so many things come in and cloud our life. And we, you know, before we know it, we're not having that time anymore to actually spend with God because let's be honest, 
being the head of the household is like really, really difficult. It's a really difficult responsibility to carry. And if we're not, if we're not close with God, most of the time we're going to do that really badly and then probably step back because we feel like we're a failure at it. But if we just set that time aside with God and allow him to impair us, that's the key. That's the key to us doing everything well, is it not? Um, yeah, it is. It is. And I think it's, it's in that, it's the right ordering of things. Um, and, I, and, I, and I hear what, um, what we're saying about, you know, if you're in a difficult relationship or, or if there's sickness or lack of sleep, these things are, can be subtle and can quickly overtake us. But I think the, the getting the right, realizing that without surrendering mm. and, and, and committing to God first and putting that as the, as the thing that underpins everything, yes, then, yeah. then there is no job and there is no purpose and there is no direction and there is no family um you know th this is it's getting a right ordering of things the notion that we in our finite limited ability can do something better than the infinite all creator god mm. um is actually ridiculous um is a ridiculous notion right in in, in when we break it down but we we go to that place, don't we? Of like, oh, but I just need to, I just need to do this job, and I just need to go it's to the shops. It's one of the lies that the devil do yeah, yeah. feeds us so well. They saw it, and you we know, do it, catering to our ego that we can do it. Yeah, yeah. that yeah, I yeah. actually can do it. You yeah, know? And you can for about five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. it and then it all falls down. You know, it's like I can I can be a better husband without setting aside mm. time aside to pray and read the word and get God speaking to my life. I can just do it by myself. I can, I can make my wife happy. Yeah. <laughs> you try it and then you realise that reality is, well, you probably can't. You're probably going to be a pretty bad husband, a pretty bad father if you were, you know, if you were to ask your wife especially. Um, if you're not actively seeking God and walking with God, but it's so easy to just be passive and think, I'm doing all right, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah, yeah, but you can't I, take that I, stance, can you? No, and I don't know if you guys, you guys have found the same thing, but you know, the, the the times that I've been in stressful scenarios when it comes to the workplace, and you've taken time in the morning and you've actually prayed and you've kind of given things over to God and you've you know sensed His peace and His presence and that sort of thing, and ha actually had some quality time. Mm. May it be five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen, half an hour, whatever, and then you've gone to work into a stressful scenario, that scenario becomes so much easier yeah. to be in and to address and to work out because you're almost carrying this peace, you know, yeah. Yeah. In this, and, and into that scenario. Whereas, say, if you didn't have time, it would be, you'd be more flustered, more stressed, more anxious, you know, all of those types of things. So, yeah, so you I guys mean, find that? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Because yeah. Yeah. you've created a, a, a God scenario for yeah. God to move. Yeah. So if, if, it, if that then doesn't work out how you expected it would, mm. you have the faith to know that God is at work and there is something else going on, whether that's something that's being worked on for you or in that circumstance. Whereas if you didn't take that time and you do it, yeah. and then it doesn't go right, you know, you know you are to blame and okay, that's so, it. Okay, so let's get into it more specifically then because I don't think we've ever like, you know, properly spoken about this and, you know, maybe shared shared hints and tips and stuff. But, you know, if we, if we, if we say specifically, you know, that time away with God, I'm really interested to know what, what, is, what is time away with God mean to you guys? What does that look like? I mean, is it what, is it like five minutes in the morning? Is it, is it mainly prayer? Is it mainly reading the word? What is, what is, what is the main thing that you do 
and how often, basically, and what, what kind, how do you fit that into your life to, to keep this idea of growing spiritually and staying in touch with God? What's, well, I, what's one of the staples? I, I, I fast for 40 days each month and then I <laughs> speak in tongues for four hours in the morning before the sun is up. Um, and that normally, that normally helps. Um, Does it for you? you you've well, got the opportunity to do that before the sun is up. You know I'm talking, not talking <laughs> truth. Um, I, think you, I think, putting it out there, I think you've got to read, I think you've really got to read the Bible every day. Okay. It's not a law, but you have to really. Mm. Oh, legalism. That. <laughs> no, I just no, even, I, even not. on a Sunday, even on the Sabbath. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think it's a good habit for every person not. to just, even if it's just a little bit, just to be in the in the word. Because I think if you don't, you get on a slippery slope. And I just yeah. think, you know, sometimes you do, you do miss it, and I don't always always do, but I try. So how to, do say, you do it? How do how do you work it into your day? I. I nicked a bit of a tip from Ravi Zacharias, which was he, he rather than going straight into the Bible cold when you wake up, you sometimes you can read the Bible. Doesn't the Bible's not some like magic thing that you read in it? Mm. This kind of you know dust kind of comes over you, but you really got to understand what you're reading, and it's got to speak to your heart, right? Yeah. So, like what Ravi said, what I thought was a good tip was he. Finds finds an author or an essay of type that warms his heart. Mm. That's kind of got a Christian emphasis. That starts with that first, almost like a little entree, and then his heart, your heart's kind of like warmed, and you can go into the Bible and you kind of bit of a start. Yeah, which I thought was an interesting tip. Yeah. So I, I that's what I try to do. I try and read something that I know stirs my heart, and then go back into like familiar passages of the Bible. So if my heart's really dry, you can go into like familiar parts of the Bible that. Help you like almost like a bit of a kickstart. Wow! Rather than just going into any any random part of the Bible. So okay. those, those 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 scriptures and like those chapters that have spoken to you in the past. So no surprise that our resident bookworm starts with a Christian paper and hypothesis yeah, read an before he before. gets into reading the Word in the morning. <laughs> Glenn, how about you? What do you what do you do? Well, it's interesting because we were just talking about work, and um, I was. This is a bit of a live thought, but I used to joke, but it wasn't really a joke that when I used to be at work, I would. Over someone would be talking to me in a meeting, and I would always be praying live in the meeting, like "Father, help me answer this question. I have no idea what I'm going to say next." Out loud? Well, no, not, <laughs> not out loud. Um, but I felt like I used to do it a lot, and um, I don't. I don't do it anymore, um, or I, I do it a lot less. And then I think one of the things from from a slightly different angle, perhaps to, to Dan's, I think for me personally that works is disciplines, and having some, um, or that has worked, having some inbuilt disciplines, so that. The one thing that I do every day um, is is go and put on the armor of God, mm. uh, and so is that, I, is that in your other in your spare room? Is it? Yeah, yeah, I've got it on the wall. Um, nice. And no, get dressed. It didn't fit me. When that, I was that what the big walk-in wardrobe yeah, yeah. was for? <laughs> David and Samuel. Peck and Penn houses. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. But it works. Um, because I, at the end of that passage, whichever version you read it in, it talks about, um, Paul says, you know, pray for me as I spread the, the message. But he also says, pray for all, pray passionately for all believers or, mm. or intercede for, for every one of the faith. And I think that when I'm reading through that, I put on the armor and then I, I think, oh yeah, I, I pray for other people as well. Mm. And, and I do it like first thing in the morning, um, usually on the journey to work, so I can I can then go into praying for others. But I think you walk the, to work, right? Do you, yeah, I usually walk to do work. Do you take your armor off when you're walking, or do you? Yeah, it makes, it makes a bit of a noise <laughs> down the street. You know? So you walk you walk down the streets of London, and that is that is alone time, and that is prayer time with you with God. Yeah, I mean not the whole time, if I'm honest, but the start definitely. Mm. Yeah, um, 
And I suppose I've cut that time out um, intentionally because I could get the train and it would take 10 minutes, but I walk and it takes about 45. Um, and so I get that kind of clear yeah. head space, which is good for thinking. But I, but I start by reading the armor of God and putting it on and then I can pray off the back of it. So for me, that definitely works. And I think when I've read the Bible the best, is that, is that, or read it the most frequently, is when I can program it into my day and say, yeah. right, I've got a time, I've got a system, a discipline, yeah. again, that then keeps me on track and keeps me growing exponentially, you know. How about you, Simon? Yeah, discipline. It is the dirty word, isn't it, in the church? Mm. <laughs> you, are you a daily guy? Um, I am, but it doesn't always work out daily. <laughs> I would, but I would say I am for sure. If we're if I we're mean, all honest, I'm, I'm, if we're all honest, <laughs> yeah, I, re I read the armor of God daily, but I'm not sure. Yeah. What else. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, His metabolism know, is working. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a 10% guy. What, when's it, what's a good time of day for you? Um, I like the mornings. Yeah. Mornings seem to be very popular. So what, like, one, yeah. Very popular. 11 p.m. <laughs> 11 p.m. Yeah, 11 a.m. Yeah, yeah. No, um, it, it, for me, it, it kind of varies a little bit. Like, it depends if, which I'm not very busy at the moment, so I have a bit more time on my hands, which is, which is quite nice. But say in a busy season, like, all, all I would take as I was wake up, sit at the end of the bed. I, mm. I just like to take a place, like whether it's the, the, a seat in our room or in the lounge. Um, we don't have a house right now, so um, I, I generally sit at the end of the bed. I'd take five minutes um, and pray and mm. commit the day to God and just try and connect with him. And that's what I try and do. In a, in a season where I've got a little bit more time on my hands, for instance, now... <laughs> Um, I would pray a little bit longer um, um, and I even do a little bit more study. So, yeah. you know, I, I do maybe an hour's study. Like today I've been doing some writing and some study and, and some praying as well. So, I mean, that's maybe a couple of hours of my day. Not that I'm sitting there just praying for a couple of hours, but mm. I'm, I'm studying and thinking about God's word and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it just kind of varies for me and it's it's a bit different and... Um, you know, just takes a little bit more of the shape of where I'm at right now and, you know, what's going on. Excellent. Um, so. I definitely, I'm, it seems like you guys are all morning guys. I can't do mornings. First thing I do is I, I get my son, my, I take my son in the morning. I'm the one who gets him out of bed and I feed him and I, I sort him out while my wife catch up, catches up on some rest um, before I go to work. So I used to be a morning guy. I used to, you know, get out, sit in, sit in my nice chair and like read it, read a few chapters before I go to work and that would kind of like set me up for the day. Now I can't do that. So I cycle to work. Um, so now I'm on the, um, I'm on the audio Bible. I haven't read a page of the Bible in nearly a year. Is that with Dave, David, David Suchet? I've got David Suchet telling me Poirot. what the word's saying every morning. So I have, I have about a 20, 25 minute commuting to work. So I have about, 20 minutes of David Suchet reading the Bible to me every morning. And it's it's incredible. I mean, it, it puts a like, completely different spin on how you interpret certain words. And, you know, the way he enunciates, it's like, I've never, I've never heard that verse enunciated in that way. And, you know, the emphasis on that particular word really changes the way you kind of like perceive some of the verses that you had in your own mind you'd only ever read yourself. And, you know, he's, he just gives so much character to it. And um, and I'm really loving it. But one of the one of the main ways that I I meditate and pray 
um, just getting moving on to prayer is you know sometimes I don't have enough time for prayer either like specific prayer like I don't I don't think I manage to do that every day but what, one thing I do I incorporate it into my gym time so I'll love like if, if I'm doing like a 5k run I'll I'll literally just do that to a worship set you know it's it's crazy I'm doing like a hardcore 5k run on the treadmill running as fast as I can but I've got like a slow, ponderous worship set in behind me. And I feel like when I'm running, I feel like I'm most alive. And when I'm most alive, it feels like that's the best time for me to tune in with God. Yeah, that's good. So I'll be like on the treadmill listening to my worship music and just literally praying through and thinking through whatever is on my heart at that time. And, you know, I'm not speaking any particular words to God. It's not a specific prayer, but it's just, I feels like it's a time of meditation. And some of the some of the times that God spoke to me most about where I'm at and where I'm at in my mm. heart and what I feel like is press, pressing on my heart and telling me to move forward in has been in the gym. Sometimes even on the punch bag. Punch bag, I've had some great sessions with God on the punch bag, just hitting that and, you know, seeing what comes out and what kind of emotions come out because it can be hard to find the time for prayer every day. And I, yep. I managed it when I was single, but I don't know about you guys, but when you get married, it's like, mm. how do I find the time for personal prayer time? Yeah. Yeah. Do you find do you find that? I mean, what 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 do you do to kind of like navigate that issue? Yeah, I think I think we talked about that before um, because I definitely had that issue, um, and and it was not. I don't know. I don't know if it's just because we're British. Mm. Um, just you just want to, you know, it's because what we've done, I think, is very easy to navigate it, and I think we've just I've said this before, but um, in when we say, oh, you know we need to pray for that or we should pray for that or let we should let's remember to pray for them or can you pray for this in the house we started to say okay well uh, okay uh, you know and just pray um, and just do it on the spot and and sort of essentially say well there's no time like the present mm-hmm. and it, and it, it, you know it feels awkward when you first do it and it's mm. difficult but we you know you're breaking down barriers and i think you just that's what you do, do with it. your wife yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, but yeah, how about so. your own personal life how, do, do you feel like you, you still are able to create time for to have your own personal prayer life with God? Do you think that's as important, or have you just kind of like morphed it into a more um, joint prayer life with your wife now? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it was completely morphed into a joint prayer life. I think I I have that personally. I have that time when I'm walking to work. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Which is a, which is a really good time. So that's your main prayer to, time when to, you're walking to work. Yeah. I, do you know what? It is part prayer time, but it's part just talking to God as well. Mm. I think in in a that's, sort of less. That's what prayer is, isn't it? Really? Yeah, but a bit more in the in just sort of telling God, you know, how I'm feeling about something, mm. or what, you know, it's not. It perhaps doesn't look like a structured prayer. Um, but having that time, I suppose. Yeah. I guess you've just got to find ways around it, eh? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I mean, the shower's quite good, isn't it? It's amazing. If you're I in the shower. Having something a about being in the shower. Having a bath. Praying yeah. the shower. Yeah. 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 There's no... There's no <laughs> something like, about being in the shower that brings clarity of thought. Have you, yeah. have you ever had just like ideas? Like the rain, For some the reason, rain of the spirit. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. What, I'm, I'm the only one. Sometimes a lot of yeah. ideas come when you're in the shower. I get that, yeah. 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 It's like I've, I've never had this idea before, but something about putting rain water on my head, <laughs> raining down on my well, head. If you're really stressed, just, you end up having a really long shower without realising it. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. in this, like, yeah. just keep relax- washing yourself. Quite relaxing, isn't it? You minutes. just like in sit this, there for a minute, you're like, hang on, you start <laughs> thinking. In this day and age, though, it's probably one of the only, or the only time, apart from when you're asleep, that you're on your own. Yeah, you haven't yeah. got a phone in your yeah, hand. Exactly. You're not sitting in front not of someone. You're, 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 yeah. bare, you're bare before God, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Naked it. before the Lord, yeah. So just just as we're wrapping <laughs> up then. Is that the answer, naked prayer um, time? <laughs> 
just as we're, <laughs> just as we're just wrapping the, up. The bare essentials. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think we're, we've all kind of like realised, you know, and we're quite passionate about making sure we're, we're growing. We've got, but, but like we all mm. said, we can have that time when we do struggle and it doesn't always happen and we can easily fall into that passive mindset. What is kind of like the main kind of things that you keep in your mind that you, you keep going back to, you keep thinking about, or maybe a word or a philosophy or a thought or that, in keeps, prayer or... That, that keeps bringing you back to spending time with God when you're in seasons where I'm just not finding the time very much right now or I feel like I don't have the time. Well, I think you, just, what I think, brings you back to making sure just, that you make the like time? Like Jesus talked about like guarding your heart and I think just being watchful of your heart. And when, when relationships start to bump, when your relationship with your wife, your kids, at work, things that look at the fruit, the things that come out of your mouth, mm. the things that you're thinking, the things that you're doing. You know, a bad tree will bear bad fruit. And if, the, if your life starts to bear bad fruit, then you need to start, you need to guard your heart and that's when you need to flip it into the disciplines. You need to make sure those disciplines are... You know, so, so you're you saying that when, if, if you're in a time where you feel like you might be lapsing or you feel like you're, you're not making as much time as you should, you the main thing you harder. think about yeah. is your heart, yeah. the state of your heart and saying, am I keeping my heart healthy? Yeah. And if it's okay. not, if, it, if your heart's dry and you don't feel like you want to do these things, that's when you've got to push into it. Okay. Mm. How about you guys? It's, it's a very interesting question, actually. And it's not something that I've really thought too much about. That idea of keep coming, that you keep coming back. Mm. to wanting to spend time with this God. Yeah. You know, that that wants to pursue him. I don't know what that is in me. I wouldn't be able to put a finger on it. I don't know if I can say. I think the moment that I really um, had, an, had, a, had, a, had an amazing experience with God was when I was about 17 years old. And it was an incredible experience. And and he sort of, I, the only way I can describe it is he sort of like opened the eyes of my heart or whatever, you know, mm. whatever cliche you want to use. And sort of I, I could see him or I could sense him or I could feel his presence or whatever. And I felt like since that moment, there's, there's been this, there's, there's been this hunger, this, um, yeah. or this draw, this, this, uh, this uh, pursuit or whatever it is towards God. Yeah. And there's been times um, times since then for sure where I've gotten dry, where I've gotten cold, where where things haven't been hot. But uh, there's just been something inside which has drawn me. I think every mm. Christian has that ultimately because yeah. it's the Holy mm. Spirit lives on the inside of us yeah. and he, he tugs and he draws and he pulls. Well, I think you need a revelation. Don't right. you? Sometimes, sometimes you do need that revelation. I mean, I, I've had the revelation, and it speaks to me specifically through um, two Corinthians, um, where it talks us about us growing into the likeness of Christ with ever increasing glory, as if we are looking in a mirror. That is my main motivation. Mm. Every time I look in the mirror, I'm like, okay, I'm always considering what I'm, what is looking back at me. And as soon as I wow. start to feel like I'm not really seeing Jesus anymore, and I'm starting to see something that's much more, well, far less than I feel like he set me up to be. And that's my motivation to to keep going again. Mm. One of my favorite quotes of all time is, I think, one from Bill Johnson. He said, once you've realized who God designed you to be, you'll never want to be anyone else. And I think once you get that revelation, for me, that revelation, I feel like God put in my heart that he, he, he... he gave me a desire to be somebody who looked like Christ, who had the ability to change lives the way Christ did, to affect people the way Christ did. And once I got that revelation, I'm like, I never wanted to stop going after that guy. And as soon as I, as soon as I stop doing the things we've been talking about tonight, I feel like I stop becoming that guy. And once I stop becoming that guy, I'm just, 
I feel like I'm just becoming normal again. And the fear of becoming like a normal average guy, to me, that's a fear. Because I feel like God, we talked about it in episode mm. one, I feel like God has set us up to be, well, You want to be a superhero, don't you? I want to be a superhero for Jesus. You know, I want to be a Christ-like mm. superhero who can change the world. I mean, we've got so far to go, haven't we, to get there. But mm. you don't get there without yeah. the pursuit. Mm. That's right. Absolutely. At all. Well, that was that was um, that was insightful. Insightful. I think we've got I think we've got more that we can talk about that. You know, in terms of like the specifics of how we go through the Bible. Maybe that's for another episode. But um, in between all the reading of the Word and the reading of the articles, somehow Dan, you managed to fit in a book, and uh, you're onto a new book um, this month. Since the last time we saw you, why don't you why don't you tell us about that in our in our last segment before we finish? Of what is Dan? Been what has Dan been reading? Well, I've been on holiday recently, so I had to get a bit extra time this month. Okay, so August. you've read you've read five books so, this month. Yeah, I've read about than just five one. books. <laughs> um, but I think one of the books I'd rather highlight this week, this month, is a bit different, take a different different angle than sort of reading like more Christian books. But it's a I'd like to mix it up. It's a book called Why We Sleep by a guy called Matthew Walker, who is a professor of neuroscience and psychology. I was at yeah. Harvard, but he's been around different universities um, in America. And it's really interesting, really insightful. It's, it's, it's not a Christian perspective, but... What? This is not a Christian book. No, it's, it's not. And I think it's a non-Christian book I think it's good, to the table. I think it's good to mix it up. You know, Amazing. Keep, keep balance, but... No, for sure. No, we've talked about that in previous episodes. It's it's good to get a, um, a balanced view and, you know, seeing some of the other stuff out there. And, um, yeah, tell us tell us a little so bit more about what in, you're getting in, from that one. I mean, interestingly enough, like, for, even from what we've been talking about today, is there was, in in the modern world, sleep is seen as this thing which is, like, what does it say? Something like, this: sleep is the absence of wakefulness. Mm. That's how sleep is perceived. Almost like... Why sleep when you can do so much? Yeah. And and sleep has massively declined over the last 100, 200 years where, you know, especially in a, in a, in a sort of male environment, an alpha male says, oh, I, I survive on, you know, six hours sleep. It's almost like a badge of honour to be able to say you can it is, go with little sleep. It is, sleep, yeah. And, and I, even when we're talking about, like, devotion, like, if if, if sleep is seen as the, as the absence of wakefulness, then sometimes we almost see, like, you know, rest is the absence of of, of work. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's that this book basically just sort of dispels that myth that if you don't get if you're not get if you're not getting really seven and a half hours sleep regularly, everything screws up in your life. Okay. Health, cancer, Alzheimer's, memory, creativity, um all these things like you go through in very much detail of actual studies and facts. Of all these things, you know, even for like alpha, the alpha male, when he speaks at places, and the alpha male pipes up and says, oh, "I sleep on six hours." He, he testosterone, he says, drops by about a third. Really, when you're when you're sleeping under seven and a half hours, and your and your testicles actually get smaller, so he drops that at the end. As, Are you serious? Uh, apparently so. Is that's that's a serious St- thing he's st- put st- in the book? St- studies on rats or mice or something. <laughs> but if if any if any guy boasts, oh, amazing! And really, what the, a revelation! The and I've I've always you heard been it known, here first, guys. I'm always I'm always, I'm always teased as having this stigma of you know Dan having the laid back anointing, but I think reading this book, I felt like I've recovered that um, ability to rest well. I've, you know, like to, I like to think that I can rest well, and this book's helped me give a scientific, factual basis to say why it's good to sleep 
and rest and um, in all areas. And there's, and there's only one in a million people that don't need seven and a half hours sleep. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really terrible if I don't get seven hours. I feel like some, some days I just don't wake up till around about 12 o'clock. Sometimes the morning is just a write-off. Yeah. And so I do, do stuff, but I'm not really with it. And sometimes I was thinking, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is just to have a good night's sleep. Wow, look at that. That's you know, profound. Well, profound. Do you know what I mean? That is profound. It's good, isn't it? On that bombshell. You can have that for free. Thank you for that, Dan. Um, I think that, that concludes our podcast for this month. Hope you enjoyed that chat. Hope it inspires you to get out there and maybe spend some time with God, spend some time away in prayer in the word. Um, if, you feel, if you feel like this podcast has helped you, we'd love your reviews on iTunes. We'd love you to comment on the Thinking Room podcast Instagram page and maybe give us some reviews there. But um, until next time, thanks for listening. We'll be speaking with you again soon. Yeah.